You are listening to episode 96 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we managed to get sand in our shoes while wall running in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So uh, this week we played Prince of Persia Sands of Time on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I had a good time with that, Ryan. It's definitely, I had never played it before, actually. and It's amazing. It really, yeah, it really, it really holds up in a bunch of ways. Uh, for sure. I mean, we'll get more into that a little later. Uh, in addition, on this episode, we will be talking about a few different things, specifically remakes. So the first one is going to be here to games getting next-gen upgrades on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, that one's going to be by the Next Web. And then we are also going to talk about Prince of Persia actually getting a remake announcement planning or planned soon by Ubisoft in the near future. And Nintendo surprises us with or really reveals uh, remasters, a battle royale and a new Mario Kart in limited releases. So when I say reveals, it's because we already knew this is happening for a long time on Mario. So. All right, man. As always, let's get into our recent pickups. Ryan, you got nothing, right? Well, sort of. I am leaving your house today with a copy of Ghost of Tsushima, so yeah. I'm not picking up nothing. So I'll get into uh, that here in a little bit on my end. Uh, we'll do your currently playing first because I feel like I'm going to take a while on my like full-blown review of Ghost of Tsushima. And dude, I've already forgotten like half the character names. It's so bad. Yeah. Like I, I have like this terrible thing. So anybody that's listened before, well, you play through a game and you're all into it while you play it. But as soon as it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Like I remember the, the main character's name, like Jin, and that's yeah. And then there's Lord, only there's Lord only Sakai. so much room in your brain for like those standout characters from games. Yeah. So I've got like Jin. I've got Lord Shimura, um, Kenji, because he's like super familiar to me. Um, and then, like, that's kind of... And Taka, who is in the game as well. So, yeah, I just... Kooten Khan, I guess is technically what it is. Dude, I'm like, with games, it's the worst. I'm horrible at this. And, and you're right. Like, you play a game and you're done. But, like, I know so many people that they'll sit there and, like, hey, yeah, I remember this main character of X game from when I played it 15 years ago. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like, I, I can't. Okay. So, uh, my pickups. I got uh, Wizardry on the PlayStation 2. So... This was pretty cool. eBay, because of their like 25 year anniversary, and I guess people had been on there long enough, sent out $25 gift certificates for anything. I was like, okay, that's kind of random. So Wizardry was sitting at like $40, $42 or something like that. And it's an RPG on the PS2, which I didn't have. So yeah, went ahead and 25 bucks off. 25 bucks off. Why not? So I got a nice complete in box copy coming in the mail here pretty soon. Uh, the other thing I picked up, so. Uh, my computer is screwing up. We've got motherboard issues and um, says CPU heating errors and everything else going down the road. This computer is like eight years old at this point anyway, so I would not be surprised if it's on its last leg. So I've been putting money towards a whole bunch of new stuff. And uh, we've got a gaming PC coming in the near future, along with the ability to render video for us or anything we want and audio pretty quickly down the road. We're getting an upgrade. We're getting an upgrade. So um, I'm going to be waiting for the new uh, NVIDIA uh, GPU. I think it's the 3070 and 3080. I'm not going to 3080, Rob, because it's like 700 bucks. MSRP is what they're touting for that. Uh, so I'll go for the 3070, which is going to still be good. It's going to hold me off for a number of years. Should be relatively strong and uh 
you know, get me that gaming experience I want on PC so I can a play whole new X world. Cloud. Yeah, a whole new world, right? So I'm going to be getting that, but I've put down for a great new motherboard. I've put probably $800 into overall stuff here so far before the GPU comes in. Now, mind you, I've already had like an SSD and hard drives and everything else already kind of in place. So I should be pretty good on that front uh, moving forward. And uh, as dumb as it sounds, I'll be getting 32 gigs of RAM because we all need a lot of RAM whenever Jeez. we're rendering video. It's a well, lot of I RAM. Mean, yeah, I mean, they say recommended like 16 and you'll be fine. Like you won't go past that. But with video rendering, I've been told that 32 is going to be amazing. Okay. Like it should go super fast. And, you know, I'm getting an i7 processor now by AMD. So I'm super stoked on that. Or not i7, sorry. AMD uh, uh, Ryzen 7 processor. So, yeah, it's it's exciting times. I mean, I'm totally stoked. And all the other podcasts we listen to that have, uh, you know, have computer guys on those podcasts. I've been reaching out to like Church over at Game Tenets and uh, Mr. Green Elite over at Next to Nothing podcast and uh, Patrick over at the Sega Saturn Shiro podcast. Just kind of sharing the parts and just kind of getting everybody's opinion on what's yeah. what. And it's always good to have some hardcore tech people around like <laughs> I'm so bad at computers. So all my friends love when I give them calls about the weird stuff that I run into. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. So I have to tell you before uh, we get into your you're currently playing. So Church shared with me that he built a computer for somebody a while back. Uh, I think he said like six or seven years ago. And it was a stripper computer. Like he literally took a tower, OK, or his case, and he cut it out and he put like an emblem of a stripper on it. And then on the front, it had a stripper. And on the other side, it had some sort of logo for strippers. And he painted the entire thing like hot pink and gold with automotive paint. And then he gave it to the guy. The guy wanted a stripper-themed tower. Wow. So he, he made him a stripper-themed tower. And dude... You should have thing, him make you a tower. I I don't know if I want a stripper-themed tower, but I don't know. I should have Church make me a tower. Yeah. That thing looked hilarious, dude. And he was like, it's one of my crowning achievements. And uh, he had I'll just... I'll have to see that. Yeah, I'll show you a picture a little later. That was absolutely hilarious so church thanks for sharing that with me it was awesome and uh, of course go check out the game tenants as well okay man so uh let's get into your uh, currently playing I, I see some some dark souls 3 here yes yeah. yes i've been playing more dark souls 3 i got to aldrich and i tried him a couple times and man my pyromancies are like wrecking him like i can do like a good chunk of his health and i think i just need to sit down and do the fight i was like it was right at the end of my play session, so, you know, I'll get through it. Um, How are you liking it so far? I mean, I'm really liking it. I'm kind of at the point now where I think I'm in, like, the 70s or something, level-wise. So I've got, like, most of my base attributes all filled out to the point of where they need to be, and I'm just dumping the rest into trying to get more powerful pyromancies. Because I'm probably not going to hit the level cap. I don't think I don't know. Is there a level cap? I think like most like most of the builds I've seen, I think they only go up to like 120 because anything after that, all your peak attributes aren't getting the maximum return. Oh, I because you hit yeah. those soft level caps at, I think, 40 for the stats where your return isn't as good. So like your core build. I got you. Yeah, because I. Okay, so the, the maximum soul level, by the way, is 802 with all stats capped. Yeah. So, but it says with all stats capping at 99 is what it said. Well, there's like a soft cap where it's like your souls don't buy you as much improvement anymore. Yeah. So your return on investment goes down. So I've got most of that sorted out. 
I've been playing with an axe since the beginning. Like I started with an axe and then I found an axe and just replaced it and have been upgrading that same. So I've only had the one weapon type the whole game and I'm kind of starting to think maybe I want to try something else, which is basically what I did in Bloodborne. Like I used the whip cane the whole game and then like towards the end, I was like, maybe I should try something else because it's like probably not going to come back to this game anytime soon. Opens up so, to a whole new world. Yeah, but the problem with that is then I need to go and rack up like my next like seven or eight levels and dump them into like either dex or strength or some combination of one or the other in order to get to a point. And I know that I'll have other benefits from that. Like my even if I stay with the axe, like I'll get a little bit better at a few things. But it's just like at this point, like getting that many souls in the area I'm in isn't too bad, but I just don't want to do the Dark Souls grind. And last time I kind of lost interest in the game for like a week or two was at that point where I had to do like the Dark Souls grind. So it's just a matter of pushing through, but I'm going to take a break and play some Ghost of Tsushima anyways, but I'll hang on to it and I'll probably come back to it later. I, I think you need to beat Bloodborne. I think you really need to get in and finish that game. I'll, I'll beat Bloodborne eventually. Actually, what I really need to do is start playing Persona I, I was, again. I was actually about to There's only to say, three months left, people. Three you, months left for me to beat Persona. You may not want to take Ghost of Tsushima. Just FYI. I'll be fine. All right. Uh, I'll dude, be fine. Like we, I said, I'm, I'm probably going to have a week off at the end of the year. Well, I'll be playing it like all day on the 27th and 28th of December. Just like 12 hour marathon sessions. Your, your wife's going to come up to you and be like, still playing, huh? And you're just going to be like rotting on the couch. With it's crazy to think that even if I got to the point where I had like 20 hours left of the game, I still need to get through like 30 hours before that last 20. Yeah, you got to start blazing through that, man. That's uh, those RPGs take a while. I think I pumped in. It took me about a month to beat Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and but that's because I platinum. Yeah, it too. let's be honest. I'm not gonna beat Ghost of Tsushima probably. I, I mean, if you do main story, you might be okay. Like it took me a month, but that's because I platinumed it. Yeah, and like yeah, there's people out there to platinum that way before me, but those people also probably put in like six, seven hours a day to play this game. I'm putting in like two hours, you know, a night occasionally to beat it. So I think I put in maybe 50 hours into the game yeah. total, and I had a blast. Um, but yeah, dude, you got to get on that persona. Like, I'm, I've been considering doing another challenge for the year. With the last three months left? Yeah. Yeah, why not? So we'll There's see. There's a bunch of short games out there. Yeah, there are a bunch of short games. So uh, am I currently playing Plague Tale? So after I beat um, Ghost of Tsushima, my next thing was like, all right, well, let me try Agony on the PS4. And I put that down after 20 minutes. That was just clunky. I mean, like, visually, it doesn't look too bad. Isn't that the one you were excited for? Yeah, I was, like, super excited for this a long time ago. But it was super clunky. Like, the frame rates just weren't that great. Um, like, I could tell that there were frame rate issues. The audio was okay. Uh, visually, while it's, like, a good-looking game, technically, like, graphically, it it was lacking in terms of, like, coloration in a sense like everything just at least in what i played just kind of melted together it's just real samey yeah it's just really so it's really difficult and then like picking up items it's just like there's it's difficult to like separate what's something that's pick you know like that you can pick up versus something that is not something you can pick up so that was just difficult and i started getting a headache in all honesty like playing through that so i put that one down and then i was like all right my next one i want to play was plague tale so plague tale is a pretty short game you play as, um, I think her name is 
Asina? I, I forget her, her first name. I had it on my mind, but then you have her brother, Hugo. Uh, I've literally played like 30, 40 minutes to an hour. But you are pretty much running away from these soldiers that have come through to like take your brother. And so right now it's more of like this stealthy type of avoid things, make distractions. I think that's the whole game. Yeah, so that that's what we got so far. And no battling, of course, because you it's just have like this awesome. young girl and, and her brother. But yeah, like so far I'm liking it. It's an overall like cool type of atmosphere. I mean, you're in this small little town, I guess, it's as like a dark lord. dark and moody. Yeah, like, it, it's it's really cool. But you, it's basically like your family is like a family of lords or something, I guess, in France. And they come to take your brother, and you're now escaping at this point. So I haven't gotten into the whole, like, plague rats or anything like that. But I did see a dog get sucked into the ground in the forest. So that was interesting. Um, so I'm doing that. And then I'm still playing cameo with my wife on the 360. What's your favorite form? So I think the rock one was the one I liked. I like the plant one the most so far because he's just like super quick. You can do jabs back and forth and an uppercut. It's just a, a nice form. But I mean, with this game, if anybody's played it or not played it, uh, you pretty much have to kind of combo things. Right. So there are certain enemies where you have to use a rock guy first to go ahead and knock him back. Uh, like you have these big shields in front of certain uh, trolls. And so by throwing rocks behind them, when they come back to your rock guy, it hits them behind the shield and you have to quickly combo off by bringing out the plant guy to go ahead and bash them. And I, I don't know the names of the forms. Like I said, I'm bad at these things. Am I wrong that Cameo is somehow related to Skylanders? You know, it feels like it. I don't think it's... I never played Skylanders, but the visual Skyland Skylanders is Spyro, uh, essentially. Oh, it's that's a Spyro right. type world, but cameo does have that feeling like i could totally see this being a skylanders type of game now i mean there might be some sort of correlation there i mean you're kind of putting me on the fly here so i'm not sure yeah but i'm just asking yeah I'm, I'm not sure but overall we're enjoying it uh it's pretty good graphically i'm playing it on that hd that you put in the room a while back uh, for our games and yeah i'm liking it and then of course ghost of tsushima so i guess we can do a quick and dirty full review here I still think 10 out of 10 on this game. It was phenomenal. Uh, the graphics were great. I didn't see any like crazy bugs. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but I didn't catch any bugs throughout the game. Uh, visually stunning. Story-wise, it was good. The ending did kind of hit me in that it wasn't all that I wanted in the ending. Like, I got it. Like, I understood what happened, but it just felt like it cut. And that was it. Like, you were done. So you kind of capped off all these people's stories and those tales I told you about. So you had um, the first sensei of the, the bow, or so you had him, and you did his story, and it was a pretty cool ending. You're like, wow, that was like a great tale. Like, it kind of all capped out. Um, the thief, I forget her name as well. Uh, so we had her story, and it was pretty good. Kenji had his own story, which is really cool. Um, he's a, a sake guy. And then you had Jin's tale, of course, being the main one. And it was just like the way that this game played out, it was great. Because every, every like individual tale of Tsushima that you had to go through was good. Like they all kind of meshed in correctly and it worked. The duels that you had to do throughout the game were phenomenal. Like I truly enjoyed it. Where I saw the repetition components of this were when you had to pick up certain items, of course. Like, oh, you want to, you know, get... All of the hot springs. Well, you got to search for hot springs. Oh, you want all of the the shrines for the foxes. You got to find the fox shrines. Like, and there wasn't anything like super different about those. It was just kind of the same thing every time. And I got it, 
but it was like, could we have accomplished that with less of that? Like, did we need 16 haikus? Did we need 18 well, it's hot springs? Just that, it's just that creep that we've gotten over the last gen of open worlds with so many of the same things to do. And this was definitely not the same Far Cry Assassin's Creed format. Yeah, it was but definitely I mean, it's different. basically the same kind of plan. Yeah. And, and so like that, I get it. And like, I understand why it's in the game, but I don't know if it's and that's kind of been my thing on open world games recently. Anyways, like, do I really need to do all of these same things all the time? And that's to get a platinum, of course, like, you know, if you weren't, then, yeah, you don't have to do all of the springs and do all of the individual tales. But for the most part, all of the individual side quest tales were not bad. They were actually pretty good and interesting, and they each had their own story component to it that kind of got you invested with it, like you'd want to learn more about that. So I did enjoy those tales going through around Tsushima, and the main tales, of course, were pretty sweet, too. So that was all good. The fighting was phenomenal. And then, of course, my favorite was when um, you would have, like, the commanders of the the uh, Mongol army. And whenever you went to their camps, you'd be above them. And I forget the, the word that it had underneath. Um, I just never caught it. But instead of saying like critical damage or assassinate, it had like decapitate or something. I don't remember the exact term, but you would go down and you would literally like stab the guy in the back, pull out your sword and slice off the head in slow motion. It was awesome. Fatality. And then, so that was cool. And then you had the ghost mode, which was also pretty sweet where you would just everything goes red and you get three shots and everybody's like flipping out and scared and so of course you're just like one shot kill all three of them so that piece and then there were certain things like if you upgraded certain types of armor you got certain types of abilities so you have face-offs in the game where at first you did can you just, get the sly cooper set i did i did find a sly cooper set that was a pain and having to combo it together was weird but i still got it i mean i had to so with the face-offs, it's cool because you can go from like one face-off to killing, I think, three people in a face-off to going as high as five killing in a face-off. That was a pretty difficult trophy to begin with just because you have to time it. And in certain areas, like they'll fake you out and you strike too early or the camera angle comes in weird and you just don't see the sword coming down in time yeah. from another uh, Mongol. So, yeah, there was little things like that. But, you know, end of the day. Phenomenal story, phenomenal graphics, phenomenal gameplay. It was everything I would have hoped for in this game. I'm so happy that I got a collector's edition version of it with my mask. And if you haven't picked this game up yet, 100%, you should pick it up. Even if you don't go through and platinum the entire thing and try to do every single facet of a game, you're still going to enjoy yourself with a super robust storyline and a lot of different side quests to tie into like you'll get the full experience even if you don't try to go for the full experience yeah so that is my review of Tsushima in a nutshell definitely a must buy okay so ryan uh i tried this last time and before we get into our articles let's do a little trivia here all right bring it on john all right i'm so one for one we're gonna be uh, talking about some mario right so how old is mario 35 years he is not He's not 35 years old, Ryan. That's a 35-year anniversary. So according to various sources of Wikipedia, Mario, according to Nintendo back in 2017, was 26 years old. 
a wiki shows 45 years old for some strange ass reason but the last thing i saw oh on Google, you're asking like how old mario no, no, is what's Brian, his age you got it wrong i said how old that's his age oh my god trick question i call foul that's not a foul not a foul his first appearance was what 1981 i would not so... have known that he was supposed to be 26 i knew that like he's not as old as you would assume he is okay here, here's another one for you how tall is he oh he's i'm gonna have to I go back to wiki on this i want to say he's like five three you got one of those threes or right five two so what i was seeing i think it was three three <laughs> is what they listed him as no he's not yeah hold on hold on let me let me look this one up for you man no how i've tall? seen enough game theory out there where matt pat's measured people and compared them and stuff Mario's like a short dude, but he's like a real people-sized dude. I don't know, man. The people of Reddit here are saying that Mario is uh, three foot eight inches. And Luigi is uh, a little taller than him, of course, at, uh, let's see, five more inches. So Luigi is about five, four, one. So okay. they have Luigi at. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring some trivia next week. We'll see who knows numbers. Right. Hey, get this. Peach is taller than both at four, four. They're a pretty small group according to according to reddit so that was a quick google folks okay well ryan you were wrong on this week's trivia so hit me up next week on trivia and we'll see if you get it right and of course if you uh knew the trivia question or if you just want to bash us on how old mario is mario based on cannon your sources, height he's five one mario cannon okay well reddit says three foot eight i'm gonna go with reddit okay so if you want to bash us, of course, Ryan interrupting my little promo session here, you can find us at thegamedeflators.com, social media, at thegamedeflators. Let us know on Instagram how tall you think Mario is. On Facebook and Twitter. No, Facebook and Instagram. See, you messed me up, Ryan. We had it. <laughs> at Game Deflators on Twitter. And then, of course, you can find us on all of those wonderful podcast applications out there. Podcast Addicts, Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcast, Overcast, and anywhere podcasts are found. And, of course, leave us a five-star review if you have the opportunity. Leave two five-star reviews or an 11 if you can. I think we're getting greedy. I think six was enough to ask for. Well, I mean, two five-stars... And then adding that extra one, we get 11. I mean, come on. I'm trying yeah. to close some spinal tap here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, we, we need reviews, people. Just, just get us reviews. Good reviews, though. Okay. Our first article here. Here are the games getting next-gen upgrades on PS5 and Xbox Series X. This is by Rachel Kaser at The Next Web. So, Ryan, I'll let you kick this one off while I open up the article. Uh, so it's a good healthy list here. There's a whole bunch of games on this list. I'm really happy to see a bunch of free games getting upgrades or maybe not free games, but games getting free upgrades, I'll say, because this is really like some people are going to put the screws to it. Like screw Rockstar. Rockstar is re-releasing GTA 5 for this and like they're going to charge you again for the third release of this. Like. I guess that they're going to be putting out GTA Online separately as its own thing. Hopefully that'll get a free upgrade, but it doesn't really point to either of those in the article. But there's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, the top of the article is Witcher 3. I've never played Witcher 3. I love the Witcher series, and I think that the Witcher 3 game is something I'm going to love when I play it eventually. So to know that I'll be able to do that in next gen for the price of you know, whatever a used copy goes for. That's kind of the real advantage here is getting one of the disc based versions does hold that possibility that you could have 
you know, the same marketplace that we have now, but now you're going to be able to, you know, really get a lot more out of those older used titles. So I'll really be interested to see how this will kind of change the market moving forward when we get to see remakes or, you know, retouches on stuff and actually get more out of it for the same old price. Yeah, I totally feel it in that, man. So my my whole thing with this, with the remakes and everything, with it being like a lot of last generation games that are getting remade, or not remade, but, you know, upgrades in a sense, is, yeah. you know, unless this was already kind of built out, like unless they were actively working on this for a while and this is more of just formally releasing it, I get kind of annoyed with these type of things. Like, put the effort towards other games that you're working on or put it towards new remakes. So... I do like the idea of, like, say, Control and Doom here, or Doom Eternal. I really have been wanting to play Doom Eternal, so seeing it get, like, that next-gen type of upgrade is awesome, because I haven't played it yet. But as somebody that has played, you know, Ghost of Tsushima, for example, which I highly suspect will get an upgrade next-gen, I think they've talked about it, that's kind of annoying, right? Like, I bought it on PS4, now you're going to upgrade it, like, can Sucker Punch not work on other things during that time period? I mean, it makes sense for some of these titles that are coming out this year, you know, like if it's only going to take them, you know, a reasonable amount of time and they can do that good job. And anybody that wasn't able to experience the first time can really experience it with those enhancements. Kind of like what I'll do with the Witcher three kind of. Yeah. So, or this, uh, they reference a game in here, observer, which is kind of something that I don't know. He doesn't say cult classic, but it kind of reads that way. Like, he really liked it. it came out in 2017 kind of under the radar and now it's going to get that same treatment so that's cool but a lot of these in the article that are really great are the co-op games like you're getting things like um well yeah like like rachel mentions on here like rainbow six siege and yeah. destiny 2 so those are some good ones right there elder scrolls uh, online yeah. overcooked dead by daylight <laughs> like no, she did mention on here she's like i hope to god there's not like another skyrim remake because like gta man it's been ps3 ps4 now ps5 like if we see amazon skyrim, echo amazon echo <laughs> microwave like if we see skyrim again before the new elder scrolls comes out like come on yeah i i'm hoping that doesn't happen because yeah it can hold back some studios but it's important like i mean i doubt it's gonna hold back somebody like you know bethesda to to do this because they just get another team on it yeah like they're they're a relatively large company so it would make sense but when you have smaller teams yeah it's like why why are you focusing efforts on these upgrades or ports from previous generations like work on new stuff and i think consumers want new stuff as well i mean do we want this does the world really need another version of skyrim this world really need another gta well, 5 and they won't be any different it's the difference between like the crash remakes and the spyro remakes like the fact that those are like a whole new project breathing new life into something yeah. old like that's a worth that's a remake worth paying for but yeah a, this is just a prettier version yeah. of skyrim that people have been able to mod into existence on the pc for years like definitely not worth paying 30 bucks for 40 bucks for again well and you know it'll put 60 or 70 on that i think 70 is going to be the new benchmark yeah, price i would point. hope they wouldn't charge full price yeah i mean dude it's bethesda i wouldn't put it past them to say 70 bucks and you're gonna get you know a really crappy tote bag or plastic axe like that's just what i could see i'm doing so overall man like and i'm not shitting on the idea of like 
upgrades necessarily. Like, there are people like you and myself who haven't played, say, The Witcher 3 or Doom Eternal, and we, you know, next generation, it would make sense for us to be like, all right, cool, like, let's get that version instead. But at the same time, it is kind of frustrating for people that have picked these games up, you know, to see the same crap come out, upgraded the next year. That's kind of where PC is kind of calling me, man. Like, yeah. while there are upgrades, I mean there are mods out there there's abilities to get you know those games in a, a greater scale at no cost well it, you know it might be too much to ask but it's a good start that so many developers are doing free upgrades so let's just hope that keeps trending yeah for sure so uh let's go ahead and look at our next article here a prince of persia remake announcement is planned for ubisoft moving forward journalist claims so it's not a hundred percent but uh tom ivan of video game chronicle uh, went ahead and wrote this one up and so we just went ahead and played uh, sands of time and i truly enjoyed that and immediately while playing it, i was like dude like I, I gotta keep playing this so it's either play what was out on the ps3 i think or wait for this and while nothing official has necessarily come out about this I think it'll happen. I mean, why not? Like, people are getting that kind of fatigue over Assassin's Creed. Why not bring one of your big, you know, heavy hitters back into the mix? And seeing how that game looked on the PS2, holy crap, would that look amazing next generation or this upcoming generation? So what are your what are your thoughts overall on this, man? With uh, this rumor or kind of semi-confirmation? Well, no, it says that... Um... Prince of Persia remake that was leaked a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, I mean, anything could be leaked. I mean, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. I mean, we could see... We got to... I mean, look look at back at Final Fantasy VII, okay? When they had, like, the initial... In Final Fantasy VIII, there were leaked images of HD upgrades years ago. Nothing happened until PS4. I mean, we're yeah. talking back PS3 era or PS2 well, those were era. Tech, that was a tech demo. Yeah, I understand. So what if this was a tech demo that was leaked? You know, like, it just says leaked. So it could be anything. That's why rumored. All right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm super stoked for this. I think that going back and replaying some of that game today was awesome. I think that it's definitely prime time that uh, Assassin's Creed gets some time to sit down and take a break. I think it's time for Far Cry to sit down and take a break. Like if you're going to say that you know we give our franchises time to breathe maybe you know after the 20th game yeah i mean final fantasy maybe they need to take a break too but you know it is important they just took a break don't let them take another break <laughs> it is important to be able to leave some games on the sidelines and let them mature and i think that when you know prince of persia series was kind of winding down and people started to you know get some serious fatigue from that now's the great time to bring it back because it has had that room so hopefully they can you know take all this stuff that has come from it like you know assassin's creed came from it the arkham series kind of came from it like there's been so many advancements that they really have an opportunity to make this like something really special and i can't wait to see them hopefully not drop the ball super hard because like it, it could be so good yeah, I mean, and like I said, man, playing that today... And it'll look gorgeous no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Like, playing that today, I just looked at it, I'm like, wow, this is actually graphically a pretty good game on the PS2. Like, it did have those shadows and such. I even commented on, like, 
some of the flames had like the heat that you could see yeah. off. I'm like, it's a flipping PS2 game. Like, imagine this. It really this. brings me back. That's peak yeah. PS2. Yeah, like imagine this in a next gen type of situation. So, I I would be all for it, man. Like this game, having never played it, truly enjoyed it that much during the time that we played. I'm like, I need a remake of yeah. this like right away. So, I'm all for it, dude. And uh, if this ends up being true and we get an announcement here pretty soon, I think people are going to be pretty stoked about this. And uh, it did actually, you know, before we get into our next article, it does kind of make me think about, like, what games would you want to see? Or is there one specific franchise that you would want to see come back onto, like, the PS5, Xbox Series X? Oh, man. Yeah, there definitely is. I'm trying to think about what it would be, though. So mine that immediately kind of strikes me is a full-blown remake of the original Silent Hills of 1, 2, 3, and 4. I think that in itself would be an amazing uh, series to remake. I mean, there has been discussions over rebooting uh, recently, so it'd be nice to see that kind of come to fruition and us get like that full-blown horror experience that we had on the PS1 and PS2, but reimagined in like VR and like that next generation. You know, I've never played these games, but I was always interested in the uh, Dino Crisis yeah, franchise. Yeah. Like, I should think, play that next time. Well, there's just been like, I'm trying to think of games that have like big dinosaurs and it's kind of like gone the way of like Monster Hunter and like maybe some RPG enemies and stuff. But like to be like a person running around with a gun shooting at dinosaurs, like that's that's some old school game. That's like some Lara Croft, Turok kind of stuff. So some return of that kind of setting would be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I actually, uh, I'm kind of curious if I have Dino Crisis, because that might be one that we could play next week. I want to say I have it on the PlayStation 1, and I do. And it says I have Dino Crisis 3 somewhere, too. So I need Dino Crisis 2. So anybody out there that has a complete in-box Dino Crisis 2, let me know. Uh, but yeah, you want to do Dino Crisis next week? Sure, we can okay. do that. Cool. All right, our last article here is going to be... Oh. What? Oh, this oh. is a big one. I got a lot to say about this one. Yeah, I'll let you go first then. Uh, Nintendo, what happened to my format? Nintendo here? Surprise reveals remasters of Battle Royale, new Mario Kart, and limited releases. And this is by Mikhail uh, Kilmentov. At Washington Post. Yeah. So, lots of Nintendo stuff. More Mario 35th anniversary, even though he's only 26. Uh, good stuff, man. The first thing that I thought, like, after I watched all of these, like, I loved all of these announcements. All of these announcements were fantastic, but they're not all for me right now. But any one of these is perfect for me at some other time. If I was in some other position or some other age each one of these things would be like the coolest announcement in this trailer. And that's kind of like the peak Nintendo peak Nintendo is when you've got something that appeals to everyone on different levels. Everybody gets a taste. So I love that about it, but I just got so many problems with this stupid time window. So we'll go kind of through what they actually have in this. And then we'll talk about that time window. So for the 35th anniversary, we are getting a Mario 3D All-Stars game with Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy 1 
in a physical and digital release until March 31st. We'll get to that. That is awesome. That's so cool. Like those are all games that I would love to be able to have on my switch and play. Definitely going to pick this up. And I definitely advise every one of you out there, pick up two copies because you're definitely going to get your money back on this at some point. Might uh, as well. Yeah. I mean, I've been considering picking up several copies as well. Just to, yeah. After March. Yeah. yeah. Next up, my favorite announcement. I am not a big Tetris person. Well, hold on really quick, though. I don't, I don't see it mentioned on here. They're also going to be doing Mario 3D Land popped on there with. Yeah, we're going to go through everything section. in here. That's just what I wrote. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Go on, Ryan. Continue. Continue. Ignore so, me. I did not get into Tetris 99, but I really thought that that was a cool format. So now they're doing Mario 35. It's going to be a battle royale where you have 35 people playing Mario at the same time. And like as you kill enemies and go through the levels, you're throwing enemies and stuff into other people's games and it's getting screwy and you try to get through it. That sounds like a ton of fun. I'm super excited for that. Uh, they also had a really crazy Mario Kart RC toy. And it's not the first time I've ever seen Mario Kart RC toy, but you play it with your Switch. It gives you like a first person camera where you're like looking over Mario's head and you're racing around your living room, but you can see like shooting shells out and you've got to drive through these like goal posts and pick up item boxes and stuff like it looks like depending on how the track design works and how much room you have in your house it seems like you could do some really fun stuff with this like obviously power sliding is going to be out the window you know there's going to be some certain things that you won't be able to do it won't be true mario kart but like other than those people that have like the crazy go-kart setups behind their mansion this is like as fun as real world Mario Kart's gonna get. Oh, you want my comments on that? You can comment on that. Okay, so I think the uh, Mario Kart circuit thing that they're doing for the living room is quite possibly one of the dumbest ideas, to be honest. Like, it's cool, I get it, but who has room for that? Like, in all honesty, like, you have to have a certain floor type. So if you got carpet, so if you don't live in an apartment, Odds are you got carpet. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not for yeah, I, everybody. I know, I know. But it's just like, it's so, so ridiculous. Like, they're not truly thinking about their consumer base here. Like, not everybody's going to have the ability to play that. So. Well, yeah, but if, there's RC cars out there. Yeah, but I mean, okay. Look, there's a market for people that like RC cars. Pic picture this as if you're a 10-year-old kid and you see this and you're like, I really want that RC car. And then you, you live in an apartment or a small, like, two-bedroom apartment, and you don't have the ability to set up this track. Like, you're not going to have fun with that, man. Like, that, to me, is preying on the fact that it's Mario. Like, Nintendo I, has seriously become one of the most predatory companies that I have ever seen. Like, just right behind, like, Bethesda and, and um, Ubisoft and uh, EA, they're, like, so predatory with their practices. I mean, come on. Limited release after march 31st we're gonna it's gone. get to that like no like I, I go on go on I, it makes me angry i hate nintendo but i still love them so they also announced that uh super mario all-stars which includes the super mario bros super mario bros the lost levels super mario bros 2 and super mario bros 3 will be available on switch and super mario 3d world which came out for wii u will also be coming out 
to the Switch on February 12th, along with a new expansion, which is either Bowser's Furry or Bowser's Fury. I'm not sure. Bowser's Fury is definitely not furry. It's all. It's got all the cat stuff in it. I think it's Bowser's Fury. Okay. <laughs> There's unless, a bunch of cat stuff unless, in it. This is the logo that has the cat tail coming uh, off of it. Unless Bowser becomes a cat, which would be interesting. I think it's going to have Cat Bowser. If it has Cat Bowser, that'd be pretty awesome. So the... Uh, what was the uh, the last announcement? Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Super Mario Game & Watch is going to come out, which looks like the old school red and gold Game & Watch. I do want It's going to be loaded with some Mario games and even have like a Mario remake of Ball. It has like a color clock that you can have on all the time. That looks super cool. Uh, again, not something for me right now, but something I absolutely love the idea of. And now, John... We can get to the bad part. You start first, because I'm finishing up my pre-order of Mario 3D All-Stars. Okay. So, the bad part. This stuff mostly all comes out on October 1st, I believe. And it all stops selling on March 31st. As of March 31st, you will no longer be able to buy physical or digital editions of these games. And in fact, the Mario 35 game will be taken off the store and you will not be able to play it anymore. They're just going to basically shut it off. It's so dumb. And they have not said why, other than the fact that they're Nintendo and they're making, you know, their own scarcity. Like, it is really, like John said, abusive and terrible and stupid, and I hate it, and it makes it, like, even harder to choke down how cool all of these announcements are that you know that you're just going to get absolutely screwed on it. Oh, man, I just... I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm seriously like in there and I forgot my credit card CVC code. Okay, well, you could do that after. Well, Ryan, I mean, we're, we're talking about Mario. I have to tell the people that I've purchased Mario as a recent pickup for this week. It has to happen. Uh, yeah, dude, so I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like, this is super predatory practices. Of course, you're going to have the Christmas bump that it gets, but I can honestly see this. If you don't pre-order it now, it's going to be hit by scalpers on a massive level in store. They're likely not going to release enough copies of this game uh, to really make it available to the average consumer. And you're going to find yourself buying random ass copies on eBay. Like there's copies on eBay right now that sold for a hundred dollars pre-order. People are literally paying a hundred dollars for a game that you can openly pre-order right now. People are dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Like, just pre-order. If you want it, pre-order the game and go from there. Like, I've got all of them. I'll, honestly, it's it sucks because I hate doing this, but if I can sell it for $115 after March and keep my other copy because somebody That's else didn't I said, do buy it. Buy two copies. Yeah, like, you might as well. And it's not necessarily scalping. I mean, I'm getting two. It's not like I'm getting ten. Yeah. Um, there's a point where you're just being an ass and then there's a point where you're like taking advantage of the system. Yeah. I mean, that's the system. It's the same as anything else. Buy low, sell high. I mean, it's standard practice. And the fact that there's plenty of time between now and March 31st to get this game, but you got two weeks to pre-order it, get your pre-orders in and don't bitch about it after March 31st when you can't get your hands on it. And people are selling it for $120, $130 on eBay. Like you had your chance. And the fact that pre-orders are not sold out is a good indication that they will hopefully make enough copies to... I'm just going to plan on going and getting it at a store. I think it'll be possible. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. It depends on, you know, it really depends on how Nintendo does this and how many they, how they honor their pre-orders and how many they ship to stores and so on. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, 
super predatory practices. They've been doing it for years. They're going to continue to do it. We all fall for it. And unfortunately, it's just Nintendo knows their market. I mean, they know it really well, and it sucks how they just go through with their business practices. Are Amiibos still a thing? Yeah, in fact, they've got like three Amiibos coming out with this. Mm. They have like a Cat Peach, a Cat Mario, and I want to say a Cat Toad is what I just saw in Best Buy. Do they have a Mario Sunshine Amiibo? They don't, but I'm sure if they do, it'll be going for exorbitant prices when it gets released. Yeah. So I haven't seen anything You could do that. You could just like give Mario a costume in another game with a flood pack and it doesn't change anything. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'd do that just to have a little figure. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, the other thing I saw on Best Buy right now is Pikmin 3 has pre-orders as well for the Nintendo Switch. So that's an, yet another Nintendo game from the Wii U that's being ported over to the Switch. So I never really got into the Pikmin series. Yeah. And uh, also on our Facebook Once again, page, Nintendo putting time limits. Arbitrary time limits. So dumb. <laughs> so uh, if you actually check out our Facebook page, we got some really good memes on this one too. So uh, check it out. It's all about how Nintendo is just popping an old game with minor updates onto the Nintendo Switch. Uh, well, at least the uh, Bowser's Fury is going to be like a whole new like expansion yeah, for that that's, game. That's pretty cool too. And I love... Dude, that's... We had a, an episode a while back with like our top Mario games and mm-hmm. 3D World is definitely at, at one of like at the top of my list. Not the top top Odyssey is, but it's definitely up there. Uh, one other thing uh, that I was going to note on this uh, regarding Mario and it is skipping my mind, dude. I think we just move on. Moving on. John's going to forget. So this week in the Inflation Deflation Challenge, we have Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Developed by Ubisoft Montreal, published by Ubisoft, designer Patrice Desilet, maybe? He's French. Yeah, uh, looks like it. Release October 2003. Game type, it's an action-adventure hack-and-slash-puzzle platformer. That's a lot of words. And today we're only talking about the console versions. There are GBA versions, but we did not play those. And we are not talking about how much those cost. Yeah, I don't even know what they cost, but to be all honest, they are not going to be at the same level, and we might want to, in the future, not talk GBA versions for some of these games. They're actually, it's it's weird, it's actually worth more and rated less. Well, of course, because a GBA version of a PS2 game, and or a GameCube game and whatnot, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, so... Uh, Your first time playing. Yeah, it was my first time playing, so... I really enjoyed it. I think it definitely deserves a reception of the 9 out of 10s that it got. And, uh, you know, a remake is something I would truly want to see on this. I think that this would be a great game series to reboot. I think there's, what, two or three in the whole series? I think there's, like, five. Five? Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, didn't know too much about it. I knew about Sands of Time, and I think it's, like, Two Swords or something. I forget the name. But, yeah, I mean, it looked really good. And... Audio-wise, it was really good. The gameplay and how it worked was interesting. So when you progress in certain areas and you get to, like, a battle situation, it just kind of stops, and you're, like, in that battle. It felt like an RPG in a sense. Like, all right, this is your battle. Like, you're here, you're going to be doing this, and then when you're done, you can progress as normal. Uh, It definitely had some great hints uh, of, like, you know, a wall blows out, and it pans over to where the wall is and pans over to you, kind of like God of War. So you know where you're supposed to go. Like, all right, cool. Like, that's my objective. That's where I go. I do like the story building component as well that they had in there. It tells a great story. Yeah, so, like, you're actively playing, and the main character is telling the story as you're playing. So with a dagger, for example, he's like, oh, and there I saw it. Like, I knew I had to get my hands on this dagger, and quickly. And you're just like, 
it just really meshes well. So games with like great that. narration. Yeah, I really liked that. So I would say in the little bit of time I played, for sure, man, that I could see where this got nines out of tens. And you know, it, why hasn't Ubisoft gotten back to this, right? You know, like why haven't they dug back into their their pocket of Prince of Persia and pulled it out? Maybe they've been waiting for technology to get back up there to get yeah i think 2013 was the last release of one of these games in the franchise so it definitely has had that time to kind of sit in the background and that movie yeah i remember the movie i I I never saw saw it. it i think i saw it but you know like it definitely tried to get out there and be like this huge thing but I feel like, you know, a 10-year span from 2003 when this came out to 2013 when the last one came out, like, that's a pretty good chunk of time, but it's definitely not, like, one of those dynasty titles that's going on, like, 20 years, 30 years, something like that, and keeps having releases, and that's important and good, and it just, it really makes it look like when you reflect back on something like this, you really get to appreciate that, and especially with that era, I mean... This came out, like, right before I was going into high school. You know, I was, like, the perfect demographic for this. I had all the time in the world to play, and it was just, like, at the time, so unique and different. Like, you know, you'd seen wall running and, like, other things, but it wasn't, like, parkour wasn't out yet. You know, I didn't really well, see I mean, this, this is... type of gameplay with, like, uh, you know, the hanging and climbing around. Like, there was no Uncharted flipping between enemies like in Arkham Asylum and stuff like that really hadn't been seen and that kind of was in here like there were so many like quality parts of the actual like game mechanics and feel that like really worked for this game yeah I mean and you bring up the whole thing of parkour and you know the inspiration I had for other games and you know this I don't know man I think like games like this and Assassin's Creed really kind of set up that parkour type of you know, movement in a sense down the road. And it's really cool. I mean, to see how something like this has kind of breathed air into so many other franchises over the years. And the fact that it just hasn't gotten that recognition in a sense of being like that starting point for them. And I'm, I'm really happy that this is getting a rumor rumored to get a remake, Yeah. Uh, you know, based on that article that we read earlier. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. So uh, brass tax, man. So the this is a weird one. The most expensive version is the complete inbox PAL GameCube at eleven forty six. Cheapest version is the loose platinum PAL PS2 for a dollar four. Uh, complete inbox for the US PS2 version, which is what we played, is six twelve. That peaked at seven forty six just last month in July twenty twenty, and it's trending up. Uh, we'll see if this announcement of a potential remake has any kind of effect on that. But I mean, this is a super, you know, affordable game. Like I can't believe this didn't make my list for the PS two. I guess I just kind of forgot about it. So I'm really glad this announcement came out and well, we were able to go back and play it today. Yeah, dude, the PS two has such an extensive library anyways that, and they must've just printed a jillion copies yeah, of like, everything. I mean, that's part of it too. So you got like tons of copies went out there, mass production, obviously super low complete in box price point for what really is a great game. But I mean, it's like that. I mean, look at Assassin's Creed games. Like they're four and five dollars for like some of the first ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just mass production, and you know, it's not rare, but it's a great game. And uh, I am surprised it didn't make your list after playing this today and hearing your excitement over playing it. 
Uh, but I really do think that, you know, if we kind of get down to the nitty gritty here on inflated or deflated, you know, at $6.12 right now, for sure. Like, well, you got to pick this up. Yeah, and if you're more budget-minded, the loose goes for 425 that peaked at 1102 in December 2008. This is another one of those ones where like the price charting doesn't really have the numbers for the complete in box before a certain date. So, that's kind of why that looks a little weird being more uh and that's been holding. Like that's been at that same price basically for years now. So, don't expect to see much change there. Yeah, and I, honestly, in all of my collecting over the years, I've come across so many copies of Prince of Persia in the wild. It's unbelievable. So, like, getting your hands on this game is not difficult at all. So, I would say at, at 612, here's the thing. It's, it's so easy to get your hands on this game that you could easily find it for 5 bucks. But I'm not going to say that it's, you know, inflated because really at 612, I would say it's deflated. Like... This is easily like a $10 game all day long. Quality wise. Yeah. It, yeah it's, and that's the weird thing with this sometimes. It's like, what what is the economic reasonable price to pay? And then what's the actual value reason to play? Because those are so wildly diverse in collecting. There's so many games that are so expensive that aren't worth the plastic they're printed on for how much fun they actually are. You could make a Frisbee and have a better time than with some of these games that are super pricey. Yeah, Mrs. Spider's Tea Party on the PS1. I don't... Th that I was always, an expensive game. It, no, I'm just saying, you could have more fun with a Frisbee than you could be playing yeah, that. Yeah, true. It, it could become a Frisbee. So, yeah, I, I would honestly say, yeah, 612, definitely, you know, you could get it less, I'm sure, but the value-wise, it's there. I mean, if, if this game hit $10 a year from now... I would not be one to complain because I think it would be priced well at $10. So yeah, definitely pick this up. I'm going to say that this price point right now is deflated. Like it's for sure worth more than $612. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to agree. All right, cool. So, uh, God, man, one of the rare occurrences where a game is like, you know, you just kind of get to that mindset of like, this is truly worth more. Mm -hmm. So next week, I'm sure it'll be uh, inflated. We'll, we'll see. Dino Crisis. We'll play that as we mentioned earlier. So, uh, yeah, this episode will be coming out uh, this coming Monday. We'll play some Dino Crisis next week. So excited for that! And of course, keep up with us on our social media handles at uh, the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook, and at Game Deflators on Twitter. And of course, find us on all of those wonderful podcast applications: uh, Podbean, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, etc. Visit us at thegamedeflators.com. Yeah, check out our website. We've got a nice podcast archive on there. And, of course, some of the previous reviews we've done, which we really need to update. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. I was just thinking about that yeah, earlier. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, folks. Well, uh, this has been Episode 96 of the Game Inflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.